from the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services, USA. This is Catholic Military Life, the official podcast of the Archdiocese. Here now your moderator, Public Affairs Director Taylor Henry. Joining me by phone for this edition of Catholic Military Life, from Douglaston, Queens, New York, Father Lieutenant Mark Bristol. Father Bristol, thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you, thank you. And uh, you are uh, in an interim stage in that you were ordained a priest in 2016, and you're waiting now to go back into active duty in the Navy, correct? Yes, yes. Mr. Henry, um, I'm a co-sponsored priest, and I was ordained in 2016 of June. And uh, once you're ordained a priest, uh, the military archdiocese requires um, their newly ordained a priest to have at least three years' experience in pastoral ministry in a parish. So uh, currently, I'm now starting my third and final year in the parish here at St. Anastasia in Queens. And how's it going at St. Anastasia? It's going great. Absolutely wonderful. Do you spend a lot of time anticipating your return to the Navy? Yes, um, it's a great anticipation. And I try to kind of uh, ease that uh, anxiety and uh, excitement. Um, I get opportunities once in a while to say Mass over at a local base uh, here in New York, uh, the Merchant Marine Academy. Uh, and that's been a great joy for me. So, um, be able to just go there as a priest, not as a chaplain, um, um, just to be among uh, the midshipmen and uh, be able to share my uh, experiences with them and learn more about their life um, in the Merchant Marines um, has been a great blessing. Tell us a little bit about your personal background. You spent a number of years on active duty in the Navy as, a, as an officer, correct? Yes, I spent five years on active duty and four years in the reserves. Um, I joined uh, the Navy as an enlisted uh, in 2002, straight out of high school. I worked as an information technician, uh, IT. That was my rating. And uh, I made it to the rank of first-class petty officer at E6. And uh, I really enjoyed that work. I was stationed on board the USS Mount Whitney, um, based out of Gaeta, Italy. And I was also deployed while in reserve to Djibouti, Africa. How did it come about you discovered your vocation as a priest and a military chaplain? Oh, really, my vocation to the priesthood, um, it started a little bit before um, in high school, but it really developed and um, became strong when I entered the military. Um, while stationed on board the USS Mount Whitney, I worked as a lay leader, um, and we had an opportunity to have communion services in absence the priest because we did not have a priest chaplain on board. Um, in the course of that work um, and that uh, responsibility, I felt the calling that God wanted me to uh, do this permanently and to be the real deal, be the priest, the chaplain uh, for that um, ship. So uh, I contacted the military archdiocese and uh, found out information about going into seminary, about applying for the seminary. I went to a discernment retreat. And um, through a course of um, several years, eight years, um, I went through formation 
at St. Joseph's Seminary in, in Dunwoody and was ordained in 2016. For the benefit of our listener, the discernment retreat is held twice a year by the Archdiocese for the Military Services for young men expressing an interest in the priesthood. And uh, any young man out there who is uh, interested in pursuing that can uh, contact uh, Father Aidan Logan, Vocations Director, uh, at vocations at millarch.org or call the uh, Archdiocese here at 202-719-3600. Father Bristol, you, uh, were you a cradle Catholic or did you, uh, did you convert? Actually, I'm a convert. Um, I converted to Catholicism at the age of 16, and uh, I was originally raised and baptized in the Church of the Nazarene, um, right here in New York and Brooklyn. And um, in the course of my studies in a public high school um, in English literature, um, I expressed, I found a discovery about the Eucharist and was very interested in it and wanted to learn more about it and even experience it. And I started going to a local church, and I joined the local youth group there and was a part of the life team group. And uh, through the encouragement of the counselors, um, leaders, I joined the RCIA um, that year and uh, became a Catholic. Wow, what a journey. So at age 16, you convert to, convert to Catholicism. Then out of high school, you join the Navy. And while there, you discover a vocation to the Catholic priesthood. What was it about those uh, communion services and other activity that you engaged in uh, during your time on active duty that uh, drew you uh, to explore further the idea of becoming a priest? Well, ultimately, it was my love for the Eucharist. Um, that was the reason why I became Catholic. And when I was faced with the reality that um, the Eucharist would not be available um, because we did not have a priest, um, it put a burning in my heart, um, a bit of anger, a bit of discouragement, but also a calling that came out of that, of saying, Instead of complaining about the problems of not being able to receive the Eucharist as often as I would like, well, why don't I be a part of the solution? And uh, I had a great love for um, sharing the Word with the people that was on board my ship, um, leading morning prayer, uh, evening prayer on the ship. Um, I said, well, maybe God is calling me to the priesthood. And it was through encouragement of another priest who I was in contact on the, at the local base there, um, that I, I said, yeah, maybe God is calling me, and I made that decision to go to that first discernment retreat about the military archdiocese. So you've experienced firsthand the chaplain shortage in the Navy. Yes. And what is that like for practicing Catholics? It is very difficult. Um, you kind of, the great joy of having a Catholic service is that it puts a break to the week. Uh, especially when you're deployed, um, because every day feels like a Monday. And uh, to have that Sunday and say, okay, I'm not going to work. I'm going to go to church. I'm going to have some time to kind of recollect myself about why I'm here, think about home, pray for individuals, and be able to receive the Eucharist as a source of strength um, to keep going um, in that intense environment. And when there was no Eucharist available, um, there was no gatherings. Um, it was very hard for uh, someone to gather Catholics together um, because 
we normally gather together to celebrate the Eucharist. And um, so there were also temptations, uh, to be honest, to go to the Protestant services because um, there were more people attending those. Um, there was a chaplain at least available to offer words of encouragement. Um, there was a music ministry. Um, so it made it very hard to be Catholic when you did not have a priest um, there present with you and you did not have a lay leader who can gather people at least with the celebration of Holy Communion. Did you find a lot of proselytizing going on from chaplains who are Protestant that are in the Navy? Um, not mainly from the chaplains, but from other service members. Um, uh, that's really where it happened, where another person will see, hey, you're Christian, you're Catholic, why don't you come to my service uh, and join us? Um, so it really wasn't from the chaplains, but I, I found it also mainly from other service members trying to be a good shepherd in the sense of saying, hey, I have uh, opportunity for you to grow in your faith, why don't you join our Bible study? Um, many times I would refuse, but... Um, when there were no options available for Catholics, it's very tempting to join with them. Now, you're going back into the Navy with a chaplain shortage being as it is, and uh, the numbers I'm looking at right here are 33 active-duty Catholic chaplains to serve the entire Navy. That's all sailors and their families. That's a yeah. lot of work. That's a big workload, Father Bristol. Uh, and thank you. Huge workload. And and, and 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 by the way, thank you so much for uh, taking on this work. So tell me what's going through your mind when you look at going back into the Navy and knowing that you'll be saying, I don't know, how many masses per weekend? Yeah, what's going through my mind is, uh, Lord, give me the strength. Um, I'm glad I'm doing this while I'm young, while I have energy. Um, but I know also it's important for me to think about self-care, making sure that going to the gym, making sure that my prayer life is taking care of my uh, emotional health, um, and also uh, working on areas where I can find opportunities to enable other leaders um, to help me with the work, um, that I can't do this alone. Um, uh, I have to seek out lay people um, who can assist me um, to make um, this ministry more effective. Have you found that your pastoral work at St. Anastasia is helping prepare you? Yes, definitely. Um, working side-by-side, side, um, great lay pastoral leaders, um, learning from them, um, working with the youth um, here in my parish, um, with the children in the CCD, um, knowing that all those responsibilities from uh, running religious ed to uh, sacramental records is all going to be on my shoulders. Um, I don't have a paid staff um, as I do set up in the parish here. Um, I have to rely on volunteers and uh, helpers and being able to direct them on the right way to do those activities. For the young man listening to this who is perceiving a uh, a, a call to the priesthood. What is your advice to that person? Um, my number one advice to that person is to seek out um, a priest that um, you admire, you trust, that you can talk to, um, to share about those uh, desires that are stirring in your heart. Um, 
develop a prayer life. Prayer life is definitely um, focused on um, adoration, Eucharist, um, the Holy Rosary. And uh, if you even have an opportunity, um, just to try to start reading the Psalms. Um, the Psalms are a great source of prayer. Um, as priests, we pray the Psalms throughout the day, called the Liturgy of the Hours. And it's a great opportunity for you to um, express your heart um, to the Word of God and to allow the Word of God to speak to your heart um, so that you know where God is leading you. Have you experienced in your time in the Navy before you entered the seminary the uh, increased secularization in the military? We know we see it out and about in the world at large. How about the Navy? Um, what I've discovered in the Navy, it's a lot less um, than it is out in the world. Um, uh, like one of the beautiful things about the Navy is that uh, at every evening um, before the ship's lights goes out, um, there's a prayer. Um, you're not going to find that in a secular environment uh, to close the night with prayer. Um, there's many opportunities uh, where faith is expressed um, in the military. Yes, among the peers and among the young people, um, it's kind of ignored, why are we doing this? But it's a part of our military heritage and tradition. And I, I'm thankful that um, the United States Navy and the Armed Forces upholds those traditions of, of keeping faith um, and spiritual fitness as a top priority among its service members. And some out there within earshot of this podcast might question the seeming uh, contradiction in serving as a priest of Jesus Christ, whose message was peace, and serving in the U.S. military, which uh, from time to time has to resort to force, violent force, in defense of our country. How do you resolve those two values? Uh, the way I, I've always resolved those values as an enlisted sailor and, and now as a priest is the understanding that um, my duty is not to kill out of hate and anger or hatred, um, but my duty is to defend because of love. When you're out there on the front lines, when you have to make the decisions, um, what you're doing is defending that man or woman that's standing beside you, making sure that they make it home safely, making sure that everyone uh, makes it home safely. Because when you're in the military, you, you grow as a family, and um, you look at those people as your own siblings, and you want to protect them. Um, you want to make sure that they're safe. Um, so the action of taking another human life, um, yes, it's a very tough and difficult decision, but um, when the decision is made out of love, um, that is what Christ calls us to do, to love our brother, to lay down our lives for our brother. If you would share a few experiences of your time on active duty, uh, I assume you were deployed at various locations? Yeah, um, one of my deployments was in Djibouti, Africa, um, which is on the border of Somalia, which is a high uh, volatile area. There was a lot of piracy going on there um, at the time, and I, it still continues. And um, I had a great opportunity um, there to see a different side of um, the armed forces where we were doing more charitable work. Um, the mission of uh, my unit was to help Africans solve African problems. Um, so 
we were fighting terrorism by going into villages, um, providing uh, health care, um, education, running water um, to these people so that they were had an opportunity to take care of themselves so that if Al-Qaeda or any terrorist group were to come in and say, we'll give you $1,000 if you do this for us, um, they would say, no, um, we're sufficient. Um, we can take care of ourselves. We don't need your money. Um, and uh, I saw that as a beautiful um, experience where the church and the military was working hand in hand. We were working with the Sisters of Charity, who did many compassionate ministries there in that region. And um, because their mission was a part of our mission, helping Africans solve African problems. How well were you received among the locals? Um, there was a bit of fear, um, suspicion, but um, with a gentle smile and um, a few jokes, uh, they opened up. And when they saw us persistent in our intentions to bring good, um, they were able to uh, trust us. But uh, definitely it was uh, intense because uh, that area is 98% Muslim. There are not many Christians there. Um, so we had to be mindful of the different differences in the culture uh, and the approaches to life. What year was this? This was in 2010. 2009-2010, I was way there for a full year. So what are your thoughts, hopes for the future? Uh, any idea exactly when you'll be called back to active duty and what your assignment might be? So God willing, I'll be going back on active duty in the summer of 2019. Um, I will start first by uh, completing my chaplain training. Um, I did a bit of that chaplain training while I was in the seminary. I got to go to uh, officer uh development school, and the first phase of chaplain school. So I'm going to finish up chaplain school. And then from there, um, I'll be uh, giving orders. I don't know where. Um, maybe an aircraft carrier, maybe a base, maybe with the Marines, maybe with the Coast Guard. Um, but I know the military is going to try to place me in an area where I can be in contact with as many Catholics as possible because, yes, the reality is, is that there are very few chaplains, less than 40 priest in the Navy right now. So um, there are many men and women who are in need of a priest, uh, need of to hear their confessions heard, and need to receive the Holy Eucharist. And uh, I want to stand in that gap to be a part of that solution. And Father Bristol, we really appreciate your sacrifice and your service. Thank you. Father Mark Bristol, a lieutenant in the Navy Reserve, uh, now doing uh, three-year pastoral work through, through a tour of uh, uh, pastoral uh, care at St. Anastasia in Douglastown, Queens, New York. Thank you so much for talking to me today. Thank you, Mr. Henry. God bless you.